This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello and welcome to episode four of Not Another Derby County podcast. Uh, we've got a bit of a special episode today and I'm joined by Jacob, uh, Adam, hello, and we've got a, a special guest host today who's called Carolyn and she's from all the way from Ireland. So Carolyn, can you introduce yourself? Yeah, hi, I'm Carolyn and I'm from Dublin and I started supporting Derby about seven years ago because my dad's a big Derby fan and then that's when I started going over to the games with him. So that's how I got into supporting the Rams, even though I have no other connections to Derby, but yeah, that's it. <laughs> Would you say that you regret the fact that your dad has made you support this club? No, do you know what? Even though like we're not always win, I suppose like in school everyone kind of supported United or Liverpool. But it's it's nice to support a different team. It is. Yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. Right. So today uh, on the cards we've got quite a few things to talk about. We've got two games. Uh, one's slightly better than the other. Um, we've got a little bit of takeover talk, like there is every single week, because it will it will never end by the looks of it. And then uh, we've got a few questions that people have asked on Twitter. So we're going to kick it off talking about the Rotherham game uh, at the weekend. Um, not a good one. Adam, what did you think of it? It was poor, really poor. I, they, didn't, they, didn't, they didn't play well. Rotherham just they outplayed us, but they were just far, far better. Neither of us played very well. Neither of us been playing very well recently at all. But no, we were just poor. Jacob, what did you think of the game? I echo what Adam says, really. Um, we just weren't in it. I don't think the players really wanted it against Rotherham. Um, yeah, it's a complete shadow of the of the performance we've just seen uh, against Bournemouth, but we'll get into that in a minute. But um, just disappointing overall, really. I don't think there's too much more to say to that. I think Rotherham were the better team on the day. Um, and yeah, I don't think we deserve much more than draw, to be honest. Yeah, I think I'd agree. And, you know, there's there's quite a few things in that game that sort of affected it. You know, the players had only trained a few games before the game because they've been away for a week. Um, you know, I'm sure all of you will say the pitch was terrible. Absolutely terrible. Yeah. And it's the, the fact that our pitch is, you know, I've played on that pitch. It's a brilliant pitch. It's like, it's, it's the best I've ever played on. And, you know, and then for it to be in the state that it's in right now is is, is strange, isn't it? 
I don't think we're used to it. I think we're used to having like a carpet. Yeah, it's a bit shocking. Definitely. It's a bit shocking. When you're looking at it, you're thinking, is money that tight? Is it like, <laughs> is, is money that tight? Um, but hopefully it's just they've uh, tried to have the pitch redone by different people and it's turned out a bit wrong, but not too good to look at at the minute. But at least the football, at least the football was a bit better than the pitch in the last game. Yeah, so we're going to gloss over that Rotherham game because I think it's one we'd all like to forget. Caroline, what did you think about the game last night? It was so good. I was so impressed. I have to say everyone just really came together as a team. Um, there was no one that I'd say even played poor at all. Like I think everyone on the pitch really gave 110%. And I think Ruse sometimes gets criticised, but I think that save he made last night just really kept us in the game. Um, and Bielik was just brilliant. Like I could go through every player, but I'd say I was impressed with everyone, definitely. I think I'd agree. I think I'd agree. It's it's one of those games, you don't get many games like that where you, you look at the whole team and you think, wow, everyone was at least a 7 out of 10. And, you know, you see a lot of people on, on social media do the player ratings. Usually they're, they're a little bit critical and you see a few players on low ratings. Every single player was on a 7 or an 8 or a 9. And, yeah, I think I think it showed, didn't it? It showed that the, the togetherness of the team and it showed that when we're at it, we can beat any team in this league. Um, Jacob, I know you watched the game. I know you're a big, big journalist. What did you make of Derby's change in shape to counter Bournemouth? Um, well, I think it worked. I think that's, it. that's important. <laughs> um, you know, it's easy to sit here and if we'd lost to criticise it, but at the end of the day, it's done a job. We, we isolated uh, Solanke really well. Um, he's been on fire for Bournemouth this year and he, he, I think switching to three at the back really just, it just isolated him. You know, he was struggling. Yeah. He struggled to get on the ball. Um, yeah, he just we did a good job of, of take well, not taking down, but you know, really blocking <laughs> out, um, really blocking out one of the best strikes in the league. And you know, just got to hope we can continue that proof, like you know, going forward. Um, but it just depends on who we're playing. I think it was a formation that suited playing against like a high press Bournemouth team that were going to yeah. come at us from the get go. Um, but then we play better against teams that come at us from the get go anyway. Yeah. So I think. If we use the formation a few more times and test it out against a variation of teams and we continue to get results, then it'll be a bit more telling. Yeah. Um, but I definitely think it was against Bournemouth, it definitely helped, no doubt. I agree. I think I think you're spot on there. And uh, I'm going to sort of direct something you've said towards Adam. Um, why do you think Derby is so good against the top teams? We've beaten three of the top four now. Why do you think Derby is so good against these teams but struggle against the likes of Chef Wednesday and Rotherham? I think it kind of echoing what, what Jacob said, it's they come they come out, don't they? Yeah. And a lot of the teams lower down on the table, they tend to sit back and invite the pressure, which we don't seem to be very good at. Whereas yeah. we've we also seen good at defending against players like Timu Puki, Ivan Tony, and uh, Dominic Slanky, who we've isolated out the game in every single game we've played against the top four. And uh yeah, I think George Evans played brilliantly yesterday. Yeah. He also did against Norwich, bar the penalty that he gave away. Yeah. I thought he was a very solid in that game as well. So, yeah, I, I just think we were very good to this yesterday. Yeah, I, think, I think there were a few standout performers. So, it'd be like, who do you guys think stood out? I think other than Bielik, uh, I don't know what happened there. Of course. <laughs> yeah, other than Bielik, um, who, who do you think stood out? Caroline, what do you think? Um, Lee Buchanan I thought was really really good last night um, 
I just I think he's really really good in that position and I'm surprised because this is his kind of first season where he's really broken into the first team and I think because a couple of seasons ago it was Bogle and now obviously last season Jason Knight um I think Buchanan is really good he really does a good job at left back so fair play to him yeah, I think I think Buchanan had a great game. I think another one who he gets a lot of credit, but I'd still say somehow he's a little bit underrated. It's Graham Shinney. He yeah, was yeah. everywhere, everywhere, wasn't he last night? And yeah. a few crunching challenges, which were always good to watch. Um, but um, Frank Lampard's the best signing. Yeah, yeah, yeah he really was. Like, yeah. You know, I, I was I was concerned for him. It's obviously moving club and then the manager changing after you've signed it's never going to be easy yeah uh, but well, he's made the position his own obviously he's, he's just mm. a great player to watch i wish we got him a few years ago yeah wish a little bit. he's not old by any stretch of the imagination but it would have been great to have a 25 26 year old graham shinnick because i reckon he could have developed even further yeah. and um like rooney said the other day is you know his ability on the ball is getting a lot better he is improving uh, and it's good to see that it, you know it's not letting his age hold him back he's still learning still growing still developing yeah. and i think that's a good sign of what could be to come under rooney the fact he's able to develop players that are already tried and tested um it well should do wonders for the young players if that's what he can do to players that have been there done that yeah i think speaking of the young players as well I've seen a few people compare Cornell McDonald. He came on, he came in on the wing in the end, but he, he's played fullback. He came on at fullback. You know, we've seen him a lot for the 23s. He's getting a lot of parallels to Jaden Bogle. Not, not just the fact that he's a fullback, but the way he carries the ball, the way he dribbles with it. And I think in in that first game he played, I think it was Brentford, wasn't it? Away. Yeah. Um, he did the sort of the Bogle signature move where he sort of shifts it to his right and then puts it through the guy's legs and runs past him into the box. Um, he's getting a lot of comparisons. Do you think he will reach the levels that Bogle reached? Very I think early. he will. You think he I will? I think he's got the same number as well, so it's a good aim. Yeah, he does. <laughs> <laughs> but he, he seems a very similar player, and he seems to like to get forward like Bogle did, and he, mm. he, he looked very positive yesterday. Yeah. Yeah, I just wish... Uh, who was it? Was it Jason Knight who had the ball and could have played him through? And then yeah. didn't. Yeah. Yeah, and speaking about Bogle, actually, what do you think of uh, Nathan Byrne as a replacement? I think he, I think he's been really good replacement. Very good. Been brilliant. Very good. I've said I don't think uh, with losing Max Lowe and Bogle, there's a big fuss made about transfer fee and how we hadn't really cooped as much as we thought. Yeah. But I'm happier with Buchanan and Byrne than I was Lowe and Bogle as a pair. Yeah. yeah between I the agree. two, I would go for Buchanan and. Um, and Burn. I think it was Buchanan actually that should have played McDonald through. Was it? Was it not Buchanan? Was it Buchanan? That's who it was. Yeah, I, I knew it was, it was one of them. <laughs> but, um, but no, yeah, I think with with McDonald, I think it's quite. It's a little bit too early to uh, just yet say if he's going to be the next Bogle. Mm. Bearing in mind they're very similar age, um, I don't even think Jaden Bogle was Jaden Bogle yet. You know, he's not. Yeah. He's not made yeah. himself. Um, he's not the end product. But I think there's definitely promising signs. But. What was weird for me is that we had um, Jaden Mitchell Lawson and Cade Gordon on the bench, yeah. uh, and Martin Waggon, who are all well, you know, Waggy can play up top or out wide, but Mitchell mm-hmm. Lawson and Gordon are wingers. Waggy's played out wide for us for you know a, a, many times over the last yeah. few seasons, but we brought on a fullback, which I found really <laughs> interesting because surely 16 year old Cade Gordon has a bit, a bit of pace about him, and if he's one of the better performers in the squad, like Rooney keeps saying. Then you'd think you'd chuck him on, or you know, Jaden Mitchell yeah. coming back. He's got pace as well. We've seen that. Um, yeah. So it was a bit of a weird one for me. Why bring a fullback on it? You know, in the wing when we have two natural wingers, another, you know, well-prepared winger on the bench. See, I thought it was the classic. 
we're winning. It's very late in the game. Let's bring on a player and play them slightly out of position to defend. You know, a couple of years back, we used to do that with Chris Baird. I know Chris Baird used to be a defensive midfielder, but if we wanted to close out a game, we'd bring him on. Or, you know, a couple of times, Gary Rowett would make the, the legendary Alex Pierce last-minute substitution if we were winning. Lampard did it a few times as well, I think. He did it against Reading for O'Reilly. You just bring him on for the last couple of minutes just to make sure that we don't concede. But, yeah, I, I do see what you mean. It, it'd be, it would have been interesting to see someone like Kate Gordon go up against them with the pace that he's got. But Mitchell Lawson did come on, didn't he? And he had a... Yeah, yeah. He did try, yeah, tried to not make the same bloke <laughs> twice. <laughs> Failed both times, but... No, it's, it's, it's an interesting one, isn't it? And it's an insight into how Rooney manages as well. Because, you know, some managers would have gone for a more attacking change to sort of try and scare them, whereas Rooney was like, we want to hold the game rather than push yeah. it on. Very late subs as well, I've noticed. We, yeah. We're making subs yes. very late in the game, whether we're losing or winning. You know, mm. it's it, I'm not sure if I'm a big fan of it. If it yeah. works, then it works. But yeah. you know, with players like Gordon and Mitchell Lawson, I want, I want to see them feature. Yeah, well, I'm intrigued by Mitchell Lawson because I don't think he quite hit the heights he would have hoped for at Bristol Rovers. No. Um, but on loan, <clears throat> when he made his debut against Stoke a couple of years back, he looked good. You know, he was yeah. causing problems. I remember him yeah. winning a foul. Uh, yeah, he won the free kick, kick yeah. You know, he, was, um, he looked lively. I want to see more of that. And yeah. I, I want to know I agree. why. Yeah, I want to know why. I want, I want answers from Wayne. I want to know why. <laughs> yeah. he... It was the same with Kaku, though. Like, the subs are always quite late. Like, even if we were, like, one goal down or something, I'd be sitting there watching, thinking, bring on a sub. And it just didn't happen all quite late on. And you're kind of getting frustrated. So I don't know what it is, really. I maybe think you just picked that up from Kaku. Maybe. maybe. One thing that's interesting between, well, with both of them, you've got to think both of them don't really have a deep squad. And I think mm. the thing is, you know, we want to see players like Mitchell Lawson as fans. You know, we want to see them on the pitch. Yeah. But you've got to think from Rooney's perspective, you know, it's a must-win game. We're playing a team that's very good. They've just bought on Jack Wilshire, you know, yeah. ex-England international. <laughs> and we don't want to take any risks. And with the team playing so well, you don't want to take a player off. Like, if you look at look at the Rotherham game, we bought Sibley on. He wasn't switched on from the start. Ended up, you know, playing that terrible clearance and they scored. And then mm. I can't remember what game it was where we conceded in like the 97th minute. I've tried to block it from my mind. Preston. Preston, yeah, that's the one. Oh, um, yeah. Yeah, and we made a couple of late subs and then Hector Ingram was meant to follow his man, didn't follow his man, his man couldn't sign and scored. And it's those sorts of those sorts of moments are the things that I'm guessing he kind of wants to avoid. Yeah, Definitely, it's... yeah, because that's been really costing us a lot of points this season, like conceding last minute. And, you know, especially against teams that we should be beating on paper. Yeah. Um, but yeah, hope, hopefully now yesterday will be the start of a good run. I'm optimistic, I am. <laughs> I mean, that, so, that kind of brings me back to the um, Rotherham game mm -hmm. in terms of that we weren't very, we, we were poor for the first yeah. half and we continued to be poor in the second half. So I'm thinking, why have we not brought someone on yeah. in the 60th, 70th? Mm -hmm. We need something going forward. Yeah, We've got nothing true. going forward in that game. Well, yeah. know, cha just changing anything up. Just to, mm -hmm. you know, uh, so it's a bit like, was he just short of, you know, was he short of answers to what Rotherham were actually doing? Yeah. Or, yeah. Well, what really know, frustrated was... me was the passing. Like, I thought the passing was very sloppy. Like, awful, even at the it? back, like, there'd be yeah. a player trying to pass uh, to, like, you know, the left back or something, and it would actually just go out of play. Yeah. Um, which, you know, it isn't acceptable. Um, and it's frustrating as well to watch because especially when you're not under pressure, like, there's no one, like, come to close you down. And it's like as if we were just panicking. I don't know what was going on. We look like a team that hadn't trained. 
Well, I think that definitely, you know, that yeah. definitely had an impact. You know, you have to, I suppose, allow for that. But it was just disappointing, especially after like having a few good games, um, like previously, especially at the end of December. Um, and then for that to happen, I think it was more just disappointing. But as I said, hopefully we can build on yesterday now. I was yeah, going to say, forward, oof, all of us oh, went wow. <laughs> Go on, Jake. Go on, mate. <laughs> we, we've just got to look forward now. We've got we've got big games coming up. Very big games coming up against QPR, against Rotherham. Mm-hmm. Two teams around us. QPR won today. Um, recording on Wednesday. I, I forget, nearly forgot the day then. Uh, they who did they beat tonight? I've literally forgot. Cardiff. I have no idea. Cardiff. Oh, Is it oh. Preston? Yeah. <laughs> so oh, God. Um, QPR beat Cardiff, Cardiff. Uh, away from home. It was Willock, the long, uh, young Loney scored. Yeah. Um, you know, Forrest lost though. Forrest lost to Borough. Yeah, two 0 was it? They yeah. pulled. Uh, they pulled one back late on, so it's two one. Ah, two one. Oh, okay. Um, we'll take that. <clears throat> so yeah. if we can beat QPR by two goals, we're above them. Um, so they're, they're big games, but then we've had this a lot this season where we've had one game coming up, and if we win that game. We, we you know, we're, we're three points clear the relegation zone, or we go yeah. above Forest. So there's something yeah. a little bit. Yeah, and at the minute, I'm not sure if we're going to pull it off again. So it's happened time and time again this yeah. season. We need to win, and then they've kind of dropped off. Mm-hmm. And it was a big win against Bournemouth. And I don't. I hope they carry that performance uh, performance on instead yeah. of just like reliving that win in their head and not really, yeah. not really putting it into a performance again. I think it'll give us confidence which you really need because I think it's kind of proven to the players and to the fans that we are capable of beating you know especially the good teams but I know we do have to pick up points against the not so good teams um, which has kind of been our downfall this season but it just shows what we are capable of because on paper I think we're a very strong championship side. Mm. I said that. I think starting 11 wise I think we are I think it's it's beyond that that's the problem especially with, and we'll touch on this in a minute, with some of the outgoings that we're having. You know, the, the we had five academy players on the bench, which, you know, it's great for the academy. But when you look at the first team, you know, you can't have like eight academy players in the squad at the same time and expect them to be brilliant. Yeah. So it's, yeah, it's, it's one of those. I think if we can play the way we've played in the last game and we played in the Birmingham game and not the way we played in the Rotherham game, yeah. I think we've got a really good chance of uh, getting something. So, what are your score predictions? We've got no Lawrence this week, so we're allowed <laughs> to predict whatever we want without criticism. <laughs> so, uh, Jacob, what do you reckon? QPR game? I think it'll be a draw. And I think that'll be fine. It won't take away momentum. Um, yeah. But I think a sensible head, and knowing what happens usually when we say that we're going to win, um, <laughs> I'll, I'll take a draw. I think we'll probably go ahead um, and then we'll probably concede in the second half if um, if the players drop off a little bit. Sounds right. Um, maybe like a 1-1. One, one. I'm thinking a 1-1. One, one. Yeah. What do you think, Adam? My heart says one thing, but my head says the other. And I'm going to go with my, my heart and say we're going to win 2-0 and overtake Forest. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Right, Karen. I, re- I, re- I reckon <laughs> two, two Forest own goals. Two Forest own goals? Wow. Yeah. Forest going to score own goals for you. <laughs> what? I'd be impressed if they scored two and goals in our game. Two Forest own goals in Derby versus QPR. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Come on, mate. On the, oh, uh, God. Here on the Not Another Derby podcast, we have the finest football knowledge. Um, <laughs> <laughs> right, I love how I said that, as we just said it was against QPR as well. <laughs> go on, Carolyn, what's yours? Okay, well, we've kept a few clean sheets. So, do you know what? I'm going to go with the 1-0. I'm going to be optimistic. 
It could be a draw, but I'm going to go one nil Derby. One nil Derby, and I yeah. I'm going to go with I'm going to go with what Jacob said. I think one all. I I think it's going to be one of those really scrappy, horrible games that we don't enjoy. And we are really good at conceding. We've conceded 13 goals between the 76th and 90th minute, which is more than any other team. So yeah. I think I think we'll have another uh, another really strong first half and then not so strong ending. And yeah, draw one all. I think that's okay though. I think a yeah. draw is okay. Yeah, I agree. But realistically, a win against QPR would be a huge boost. Massive, like a huge yeah. Boost. And then if we were then to go and take points off Rotherham, because they've got two games in hand. Yeah, you know yeah. that that we That'd need be to be beating them. We yeah. need to be beating them, even if because they're their draw against Stoke. That was good. They put three past Stoke, and Stoke aren't a bad team, and we're struggling with scoring. But yeah. our defense has sturdied up a lot. Yeah. So I don't I don't see us conceding loads like in you know in in individual games anymore. I see no. us losing one nil, drawing one one, or winning you know winning by a goal to nil it's very yeah. tight margins at the minute and i think yeah that's going to be a trend especially if we fail to sign anyone in january um, yeah. yeah like we need our I'm... defense to be really good because we're not really scoring goals yeah, like we'll like... score one i know like we did score a few there a couple of matches ago but apart from that like we're not scoring enough at all yeah we're comfortably the lowest scorers in the league yeah so it's something that has to be addressed but yeah. i mean i'm not i'm not confident we're going to sign anyone I hope they prove me wrong, but I, I don't think any of us can be hopeful no. at this yeah. point. That, I know. Uh, I know. You know, I think we'd be lying to ourselves if we think a, a striker and a few other players are going to come in. But I think the squad we have has what it takes. Yeah, yeah I, but yeah, I, I agree. I think with with the players we've got, as long as we don't pick up many injuries, That's I what think I was say, yeah, 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 I yeah. think we'll 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 do all right. And so quickly before we go on to the reason why we can't sign anyone. Um, we'll go through the outgoing. So we've lost two players. Well, one and a bit players because Holmes hasn't officially left yet. Uh, Mike Tverick has gone back to Groningen. Um, apparently the fee was basically his wages that he's cost us over the time he was here. So we've not really lost anything. Um, and then also we've got Dwayne Holmes, who's apparently about to sign for Huddersfield for a million. So uh, what do you guys think about those two players going? I mean... I'm a fan of Dwayne Holmes. He, he's a, but he hasn't really kicked on since he joined, has he? And, and getting more than we paid for him back is a good, good, good investment at the end of the day. Yeah. Um, it was interesting. So I wrote a little piece on him the other day when the news came out that he was um, joining Huddersfield and reading back through his stats and how he was performing with Scunthorpe beforehand and everything. It was, it was just a bit sad, really. I think he's a player that came to Derby at the right time. Like, yeah. I do think we signed him at the right time. And he had a great first season under Lampard. Um, then under Koku, it wasn't bad. He, you know, it wasn't bad, but he wasn't quite the same player with the same yeah. confidence. And I think that was partly to do with Koku's way, you know, his philosophy. We weren't as, you know, we weren't as much of a threat. But then, you know, this season is not really kicked on. Um, Rooney said that he needs to train better, which was a bit of a dig. Um so you never know, but it, look, he's not been part of the team in recent weeks. So it, to me, he's a great guy, but yeah. to the squad, yeah, you know, to the actual squad, um, it's not much of a loss in football terms. And I think him going back to Huddersfield is a good move for him. I yeah. think he can, you know, get his career not back on track. It's not falling off as such, but I think it's a good move for him to go and get football and go and start playing again at the like prove his own club wrong because they let him go at a young age. Yeah, and he want to go back there and be like, you shouldn't have even let me go. Um, yeah. 
and you know, I think it just makes sense, especially if we can get a, a fee for him. I think it makes sense for all parties. I think it's a big thing as well, is that he's only got six months left on his contract. So if we can get a million pounds, which is more than we paid for a player who's only got six months left before he leaves on a free, that's brilliant business for us. Because, you know, they could quite easily have just signed on a pre-contract and then yeah. we'd end up getting nothing for him. And also as well, I was speaking to um, Corey from Rams Review podcast earlier, and he was talking about when Holmes played for the US and he played in the Gold Cup. And the, all the fans in the US were saying, who is this guy? You know, they, they, they'd obviously never heard of him because they don't know what a derby is. But when, when they watched derby. him play, yeah, derby. <laughs> and uh, when, when they watched him play, they were like, wow, this guy's brilliant. You know, he put in like a world-class performance. But then, then you know, injured. he got injured. He pulled his quad, I think, didn't he? And then he came back and then he broke his leg. And then, you know, he's he's not had a lot of luck. And I think, as you said, I think it'd be a great move for him to go back to Huddersfield yeah. and uh, prove his worth to them. But wish him all player. the best, though. Yeah, wish him, wish, him him best. Best. wish him all yeah, the best. Yeah, definitely. Uh, Mike Tverick, um, you know, briefly touched on him before. He's seems like a lovely bloke. Uh, he's got really nice dogs. You know, he's he, he seems like the sort of guy you'd want, like, you know, as your neighbour. He seems like a, a nice and friendly guy, but it just didn't work out for him at Derby. Um, Carolyn, why do you think it didn't work out for him? I don't really know how it didn't work out because I just, we didn't really see him play that many times. Mm. Um, I think it's a shame because obviously, like for him, it's a shame. For us, it's a shame as well, because I think for that position, especially with Curtis Davis being injured, we could do with someone there and I don't know with him going will someone come in as a replacement or not because he hadn't been in the team anyway and um, yeah. so I'm not really sure how we're going to deal with that and obviously with transfers at the moment it's all so uncertain so I'm not sure but I think it's a shame that it didn't work out but obviously wish him all the best so hopefully things will work out for him. Yeah I think as well with Tverik you know he was unlucky with the management change you know Koku signed him in January last year he clearly knew what he wanted he was brilliant for Groningen you know you saw the fans reaction when we signed him they were they were livid yeah. they lost their club captain you know he was their leader I saw someone call him like Mega Mike or something like that the other day they were they were well pleased that he was back and yeah I, I think he's one of those players where he just couldn't settle he was far away from his family he was far away from his friends. He was living in a foreign country. And then the manager that signed him has gone. And all of a sudden, only him and Roos are like, you know, they're the only Dutch people left. And he, he probably felt a bit homesick. And I think that yeah. probably reflected in his, probably in his performances, maybe in training. Maybe, you know, I saw him for the 23s and he didn't really seem in it the same way he was at the start of the season. But, you know, as mm. you said, you know, good luck to him. Hopefully he's, he's successful there. Yeah. And uh, he can do well in the Dutch league. I think he, he got well, sent oh, off for all Sydney and then he like didn't really come back from that. Yeah. So I don't know. Yeah, as you were saying, like I suppose being homesick as well is a big mm, factor. Yeah. So yeah, what were you yeah, gonna say? Adam? Well, like, he yeah. seemed well liked by the the club, didn't he? Yeah. With the uh, the social media reaction that he got from the players when he left. Mm. Yes. A lot of them were on their story and they were saying how much they're they're gonna miss him. Yeah. So I think he must have been a nice guy. He just didn't work out for him. Mm. Yeah. And uh, so that leaves us with only three centre-backs. So um, who are we going to sign as a replacement? Well, we don't know because currently uh, there's a, a bit of a takeover situation going on. Um, so I'm going to ask you, Jake, as uh, you know, Derby County journalist, what do you think is going to happen with the takeover? Will it happen? Will it not happen? Will it be different people? What do you reckon? Got a feeling. Won't be the shake. Um 
Uh, that news that came out the other day that they apparently the club have only just found out. Oh, <laughs> I thought like, did people not know this before? Yeah. Like I thought this was something that had been spoke about um, before, but yeah, I don't. I don't think anyone knows what's going on. Someone asked me the other day, and I was like, I don't even think the club have an idea what's going on, let alone me or or anyone else. Um, so. No, I think I don't think the shape will take over. I think it's gone on for way too long. He failed with Newcastle. He failed with Liverpool. You know, he's tried to take over two clubs before. Yeah, uh, it's going to fail with us, and he'll probably fail for a, another club in the future, mm-hmm. uh, or he might back it in now. But I think there were mentioned. Um, it was mentioned that there were a couple of people in line, almost like in the room. Yeah, uh, I think were the words used to say that there's people waiting. There's people waiting to take over if you know it's not the shape. And we've been. Offered financial support as well, which Mal has declined, which I found weird. Yeah. Because um, surely Mal would only decline that if, um, if he knew. Yeah. We mm. were being financially backed, so it seems weird that he's declined that. But then that kind of makes me feel like administration hopefully won't be a problem. Yeah. Because the fact that we are being offered money means that even if the shake isn't in, we're st- we're still going to have offers there. Yeah. So I'm yeah. hoping administration isn't you know, isn't the question. Um, so that'd be heartbreaking, especially, you know, if we did manage to stay up and then we got a points deduction at the end of the season, similarly to uh, Wigan last yeah. season. They just get yeah, we couldn't afford that. Yeah, it would um, it, it'd be heartbreaking. But, you know, fingers crossed. But I don't, yeah, I don't think it'd be the shade taking over. Yeah, I, I think I agree with you, to be honest. I think he's messed us around for long enough at this point. Yeah, he's got to a point where people are just sick of talking about it because it's all that's been going on. It's been months now. We've had, what, three deadlines, two of which set by the club, one of which set by, you know, poor John Percy, who you were on about earlier. You know, he's, he's the most, like, reliable journalist around. And even he's been given the run around by these guys. So... One of the people that's been, well, I say people, one of the groups that have been linked with Biners is MSD Holdings. And they currently have loaned us 30 million against the training ground, uh, using that as like a, a bit of a mortgage type thing. Um, they currently charge 26% interest. I think it's 26% interest um, like per year that, you know, it's unpaid for that 30 million to come back. So obviously that's quite a lot of money. However, obviously if they took over, that would be waived and the club wouldn't lose any more money. So, Adam, what do you think? Would you like MSD to take over? Uh, I, th- I think if the Shek can't take over, then, yeah, I think it'd be, be good for the club. Because the, Mel- the what, sorry? <laughs> the Shek. The Shek. No, I, no, 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 I said the Shek. <laughs> no. Go on, carry on. It, was just, it would have been my mic. Um, no, if the Shek can't take over, then, yeah. I think they'd be good people to take over because Mel doesn't seem to want to carry on, does he? <laughs> no, no. Um, I think Mel's... Mel's. I, f- I, I feel hard done by there because I didn't say the chef. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, feel, I feel bad for Mel, to be honest, in, in that way, before everyone jumps on me. I think he's he's been an idiot the way he's run the club. Some of the stuff he's done, the decisions he's made are stupid. But I feel sorry for him with this because he thought he really thought that he'd be able to sell it to someone that would really take the club to the next level. And he's sort of, he's reached a point now where these people have messed him around so much. He's probably going to have to invest even more of his own money in, you know, and it's probably just frustrating for him. And that's why, you know, people have said that he's, he's had some illnesses and stuff like that. I can imagine that it'd be really taxing on him. You know, if I had that sort of stress, I know I'd definitely be ill. So the supporter of the club, he's a fan, you know, he used to be in the stands with everyone. Um, So you can only, he has the interest. Yeah. 
But mm-hmm. imagine if it was one of us in that situation. You know, you, the stress you'd feel. I bet he's embarrassed to come out. Oh, yeah. Definitely. Like yeah. people are, you know, asking for him to come out and speak to us and we demanded answers. But would you want to do that? You, I, I mean, no one would want to. I'm, I'm hoping yeah. he, do, he says something soon, but he must be wondering what to do. Especially yeah. if there isn't any good news, like. Yeah. Yeah, because it's, yeah. it's not just the fans that are being messed around. He's been messed around too. And mm-hmm. it's a lot of money he's got on the line. Exactly. So it's affecting him a lot too. So I wouldn't I wouldn't place too much hate on him just yet. I don't know yeah. why it's going on so long, though. Like, this takeover, I think it was November when it was first mentioned. Well, actually, it was longer yeah. than that. But that's when it really kind of um, came out, I suppose, in the papers and stuff. Like, I know the Derby Telegraph, it was... Kind of going around then but it's yeah it is disappointing but what can yeah. you do i think it's just stressful because obviously like we've been having problems on the pitch like in some of our performances and then off the pitch like this really doesn't help yeah yeah i think it's it's not helped probably the players i mean all the players are saying yesterday rooney was saying that the players will you know fight to the end kazim richards put that tweet out you know which got like mm. thousands of likes and retweets basically saying you know, we're going to fight for this club and we're going to put everything in, every single person involved in the club is going to fight until the end. And I think the fact that the players haven't been paid, you know, they're having all these problems and they're still fighting for it. You know, it shows that we've, we've got a really good group of people in the club. We just need someone really good above them to help yeah. them get to that next level. I've got a question. Do you think if the financial backing comes, will Kazim Richards get any contract with the club? Ooh, it all depends on where we finish in the league and if we stay who up. we bring in. I think, I think if we stay up. And whether he wants to stay. True. Mm-hmm. I think regardless, he'll stay for another year. I think I think he likes the club. I think he likes yeah. being back Yeah, in definitely. Yeah. Uh, it's been so long since he's been over here, you know, playing the English league. Um, but I, th- I think it, it looks like he's so passionate. We need a leader like him. I think if we were to lose Colin to injury now... Or if we're losing full stop, it'd be like not like losing Martin all over again, but that similar presence. Yeah. In terms yeah. Of not quite the same emotional attachment yet. Yeah. But he is a bit of a cult hero already. The talisman. Um, yeah. You know, yeah. he's important to the squad, and you you can tell behind the scenes. Like he's definitely got an arm around people, and dress, he's definitely shouting in the dressing room after each game, saying, "We keep doing this." You, you just mm. know. Yeah. That he's vocal. Yeah. Um, and I feel like without him, we lack a leader. I don't think we have too many people. Yeah, I agree. Especially with Curtis Davis out injured as well. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. He's the only one. And obviously he's still that he's he'll still be in and around to, you know, speak to the boys and he's backing us on social media still. But it's different having someone on the sidelines to on the pitch with you looking at if Colin tells you to do something, you do it. Yeah. You know, (laughs) you're gonna wanna you're gonna wanna be his mate, you're gonna wanna do what he says. So I think it's a really helpful player to have. So if we if we go down, I hope he'd stay with us. I think he might. So he'd be 35 by then. He'd be unreal in League One. Yeah. He'd be unstoppable, <laughs> wouldn't he? Let's not talk about League One. <laughs> <laughs> no, let's not, let's not think about that. I think but it says a lot as well. Injured, like, what would we do? Yeah, wag on. Ooh. <laughs> yeah. I think it says a lot as well, though, when, when he was probably the worst performer on a pitch yesterday and he was still insane. Because I, I don't know who... Not saying he's bad, but who... I get what you he, mean. Everyone yeah, was mean. that good that yeah. he didn't have his best game in the Derbyshire, did he? Where he normally every game is his best game. Yeah. Mm. I get what you mean. Yeah. yeah. It was just it was just okay. Yeah, it was just solid. It was just it was solid right. where everyone else was on that right. next level. Yeah. yeah. Right. 
before we finish, we've got some questions. We're going to do it quick fire questions. So I'm going to pick one of you. You get a question, try and answer it in about 30 seconds so we can ping through them as quick as we physically can. And uh, we're going to start off with Jacob. And uh, we've got a question from Mick Massey of Twitter who says, is Twitter good or bad for Derby County Football Club? He's a big one. Oh, <laughs> I saw this question earlier. Um, <laughs> there's an argument to both sides of that. I think there's a lot of toxicity on there, yeah. um, which, you know, <laughs> it's not great. Um, <laughs> it, it allows for a lot of fans to kind of just attack each other in the kind of, the culture of just comp- like keep going after the club saying win, win, or like, yeah. you know, the people that would just reply saying the same thing every time. Um, that's frustrating, but I don't know if it's bad. Yeah. For, for him. Um, but then it, without it, that's a lot of, that's, um, cause it's a big, it's a big thing for people making friends as well. A, yeah. a lot of people know each other through meeting each other on Derby Twitter. It's like a, it's almost like a culture, you know, in a way that we, especially now in lockdown as well. Yeah. Um, it's a big thing for fans. So I think it would be bad if we lost it. So I'd say, I'll say it's good, but I'd say it has its downsides. Well, that's the thing as well. Just a quick one. That's how we met, you know? Yeah. Yeah. We, we met on Twitter and it's, it's just allowed people to, to make friends and get close together. You know, there's group chats of people. And when we win, I think Twitter's a brilliant place to be. You know, every time we win, the outpouring of emotion. It's the, I feel like when we win, it feels better than when we're at the crowd. You know what I mean? Yeah. When we win, I am celebrating. I'm everywhere. Because <laughs> I don't know why. I don't know what it is. Maybe it's just lockdowns just driven us all insane. But yeah, when we win, Twitter's a very good place to be. Right, question two. This is going to go to Adam. Is Christian Bielik the best player in the championship? Well, this is, doesn't it say statistically he's the second best after he is. after Buendia? He is. And in a lot less games. So I'd argue he's up there. Yeah. Top five, definitely. Definitely the best player in the bottom half. <laughs> but yeah, he's up there. Fair player. I'd agree with you too. Yeah. That question was from Kyle, by the way. Sorry, Kyle. I forgot to say your name. Uh, so we've got a question for you, Carolyn. This is from uh, DCFCL. He's put, what was the best match? The 4-1 against Brighton in the playoffs or Leeds second leg? Oh, Leeds second leg. I will never forget that. Ever. Like that was, you know, if ever I'm having a bad day, I'll just rewatch that. Like <laughs> it, it makes me so happy. Like, honestly, yeah, that was the best thing ever. Yeah, that was a good game. I was lucky enough to be at both of them. And yeah, ridiculous. That, the atmosphere... At both was ridiculous. At Brighton, when we won, and everyone ran on the pitch as well. As a... There's a video of when we won the Brighton game, no, before the Brighton game, since I was young with the balloon. The oh, yeah, yeah, I know. I know Brilliant so video. Yeah, what an atmosphere. I wish I was at that second leg because <sighs> I was actually at, you know, the West Brom game at home. It was the yeah. last, yeah, yeah, I was at that and it was just brilliant because we had to win that to get through. Yeah. Oh, that was, I'd say that was one of the best home matches I've ever been at, honestly. It was so good. Yeah. That was that they were two of the best home games ever. The QPR game where Wilson scored two in at yeah, yeah. 90 then, plus 11, wasn't it? Yeah, and have you seen the video the West Brom fan vlog of when Mason Bennett took a shirt off in front of the West Brom fans? Oh, yeah, this little kid was absolutely fuming that Mason Bennett had <laughs> taken his shirt off in front of him. <laughs> Right, I've got arguably the best question from Brad Clough, who says, who would win in a pillow fight between Barry the Ram and John Davids and Jacob? <laughs> I'm going to give this one to why, you. Why me? <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> God, 
I think you've got to go off profile pictures in, Jacob. <laughs> I've seen got a face. <laughs> um, I think it'd be a draw, you know. <laughs> <laughs> that is a cop-out answer. What, what do you guys think, Adam? Who'd, who'd win between Barry and uh, John I'm Davis? not sure which, one, which one's been exposed first, but the one that was exposed second will win because he's a tougher shell. Yeah, but Barry the Ram is tougher shell. Right. Okay. So, Carolyn, this one goes to you. What position on the pitch are we most in need of uh, an, a new player to play that position? That's from Rory. I've read that terribly, but um, I would say a striker. Yeah. Um, or like, yeah, just an attacking player in general because we're definitely short of gold. And then if Kazim Richards got injured, I think we might be in trouble. Obviously, yeah. we have like Jack Stratton and other academy players, but I think, yeah, definitely scoring goals is an issue. So I'd say an attacking player or a striker. Yeah, I think they'll agree, to be honest. Uh, Adam, if we got a substantial offer for Knight or Bielik this January, would you sell? How much are we talking? Like, uh, Well, Mitch has written substantial offer. So we're talking for Bielik, that's well double what we paid for him at least. 20 mil, yeah. I think no at least until the end of the season. You turned down 20 mil? For Bielik? That well, saved the club. Would, <laughs> would, would, but would we stay up without yeah, Bielik? Yeah, that's true. That and Knight. Yeah. So I think I think no, at least until the end of the season. Yeah. I yeah think that, value would, that value would only keep going up as well. Oh, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Especially with Knight. I don't think he's at his highest value yet. I think we could definitely oh, get no. more from him. Yeah. Okay, so we've got two questions left. So this one's going to go out to, ooh, let's go with Jacob. Um, we sort you sort of answered this already. You you said what you think will happen, but what do you want to happen with the takeover? I want a shake who actually has money in his pocket to yeah. come and take over. Yeah. Um, no, I think realistically, um, it, it can't be the shake. It's going to have to be the guys that have let. I, I, I forgot their name. MSD. That's all. Yeah, MSD Holdings. Yeah. I think they need to. Um, if if they take over, that's probably the better option. Yeah. Because uh, they they've they have money. They've proved that we already have. You know, they've already helped their them. money. <laughs> yeah. And then, <laughs> you know, they have. Um, they've got their little banner up in the uh, in the stand yeah. at the minute. Um, so they're already a part of the club almost. You know that we know them. So why waste our time with this shake who is messing us around? Dude's got a past of being, you know, messing clubs around. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think MSD um, Holdings would be a better. better solution. I just say going back to the uh, the Twitter one, if the shake did take over, the scenes on Darby Twitter would be insane. It, I don't know whether they would, you know, because I think a lot of people would be yeah. scared. Yeah, I'd be, <laughs> I'd be terrified. Yeah, I don't. I know know there'd be a lot. Happen. There'd be a lot of. Younger fans that just think it'd be amazing. It has Fawaz vibes. Yeah. Fawaz. Yeah. 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 Oh, can you imagine if he bought us? That, that's not not even um, impossible. For yeah, I know. actually been mentioned, which is shocking. But... Yeah, that's scary. Mm. Right, one last question, and it's come from Ben. And this is going out to all of you. Who is Barry the Ram? <laughs> I'm not on Twitter, so I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Who do you reckon? Who do you reckon it is? I'm going to go with. I think it's Carolyn Hulbert. <laughs> Just off the top of my head, I reckon it's her. Wait, I need to. I know. Oh, I reckon it's Jack O'Connell. Jack O'Connell. That's another <laughs> yeah. good shout. That's another good shout. Think. 
I think it could who's also been, be. Who's been quiet on the Derby? Who's, who's supposed to be a Derby fan has been quiet recently? Steve McLaren. Ashford. Has <laughs> <laughs> Niall? Has Niall been saying anything recently? Ooh, he's not. He's not commented anything on Instagram for a while. <laughs> no, so, I don't know. Never know. Never know. Right, so on that bombshell, it's uh, it's time to end. Thank you, everyone, for watching. Thank you, Carolyn, for coming on at an hour's Thank notice. Thank you. And uh, hopefully we'll see you guys soon. Goodbye. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely, and control vehicle at all times. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.